This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, let's head up the hotline and welcome in from the Oklahoman, Jacob Unruh, who's joining us now. He covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What's going on, Jacob? How are you today, buddy? I am good, fellas. Just hoping my house doesn't float away. Oh, no. Got significant amounts of rain right now that's going on. <laughs> it's been a monsoon in Oklahoma City all day. Oh, no. Uh, that's all right. You got insurance. I th- <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but that flood insurance is a tricky one. It though, really man. is, though. That it really is, is. That is a tricky one indeed. Yeah, uh, I assume that most of that will be moving our way here sometime in the very near future. So, uh, Well, get ready because it's been raining a ton all day. Here. Thoughts so. out to you on that with the amount of rain that's been <laughs> happening so far. Okay, um, I feel like every time we have you on, there's been like a few other updates in terms of just basketball. So let's just give a general rundown about uh, what has happened here over the last couple of days in terms of the men's basketball program. I know the addition of Mike March now, uh, or Mike Marsh, excuse me, um, that means that you've got two more players that are coming in from the transfer portal. So where where are we at numbers-wise with basketball? Ooh, off the top of my head. So they got five guys coming in. Uh, that puts them at 10 on scholarships. Because they have three guys coming back and the two on, that they're bringing in. So, yeah, that should be about 10 guys right now on scholarship. So there's a couple spots left. Um, you know, and I don't think – I mean, they're, they're clearly not done. Um, they're still looking. They need more shooting. Um, you know, I think that uh, that's one thing they're still looking at is finding a guy that can shoot. Um, you know, whether it's a big guy that can step out and shoot or, you know, a guard, um, you know, I think a bigger – a wing is kind of what they would ideally pursue, I think, um, to to add to that depth because you know they're, they're short on wings now, and um, you know a ball handler I think can always help too. But um, you know the big addition today, you know Mike Marsh is a guy that honestly I'll admit I didn't know much about at all um, <laughs> until today, but he's you know he's a welcome sight as far as a big body. You know OSU lost their three bigs. You know there's no Musa he says no Caleb Boone, there's no Tyreek Smith. And so all of a sudden you're left with Brandon Garrison as the only guy above 6'9 on the roster, and he's a true freshman. So you don't want to put this all on him, especially when you think about Kansas today brought in Hunter Dickinson, you know, from from Michigan, one of the best big men in the country. And so um, you don't want to put that all on a true freshman, and now you got a guy that's 6'11", 240. They can go down there and and, and bang with other big guys and and have, you know, and, and kind of wreak some havoc there. He's not a big shot blocker, but he can score a little, and, um, like I said, big body. So I think that's a it's a good move for OSU to go and get a guy like this. And I think they're looking for another guy that's that's long and a little more athletic than maybe shoot a little outside. I like when a move like this happens because everyone goes rushing to find out what the latest is on a guy like that. Outside of knowing that he's 6'11", 240, um, and yes, it has been relatively, I mean, this just happened. What else do we know about, about the big man that's coming to us, uh, by way of Jacksonville? Um, you know, from what I've gathered, you know, he had a shoulder injury some last season, so missed some games, but, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that started out the Juco level, played at two different Juco's, including Dodge City, Kansas, um, from South Carolina and, um, went to Dodge City, Kansas after a year to Juco in South Carolina. And then to the last two years of Jacksonville. Um, and so, He's a guy that, that's kind of a little well-traveled, but um, brings some valuable experience. Has played 
uh, everywhere he's went. He's you know started, I think, 14 of 22 games last year. He scored 15 points against Duke off the bench in the opener of the season, season opener. And so he's got the ability to go and, and make some noise, I think, from what I've seen. Jacob, you just talked about some of the things the Cowboys will continue to look for. But on a macro level, kind of what is your opinion on the – the way the recruiting process has been going as far as Oklahoma state and basketball and that in the transfer portal. You know, that's, it's kind of a, in a mixed bag a little bit on some things, you know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, they, they've swung big on a couple of guys. Obviously they're in on Tyler Perry, who ultimately went to Kansas state, um, been in on some other guys that have gone elsewhere too. Um, I think the, the mix and Mike Boynton told me this recently. I think I think the mix of having the portal NIL to start at the same time has kind of caused some craziness with this. Um, instead of letting each of them develop in their own way with a, a year or two between, and it's caused some interesting things. And I think some of the expectations we talked to some of these guys in the portal um, seem a little unrealistic what they expect from some schools, and um, it's put OSU in a bind on some things. And so I think it's kind of led to some mixed results when you look at it and you're like, you know, the portal hasn't, I, I don't know that it, when you grade OSU in the portal, I think right now you're still giving them a C. I mean, you know, you got Javon Small, a guy they really need. Um, they can go and create and do some things. But when your next guy is Mike Marsh on the same day, Kansas gets Hunter Dickinson. It doesn't, I mean, doesn't move the needle. Right. Mm. And so um, I think that, you know, no offense to Mike Marsh I and mean, he can to be a good player for OSU. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to get a player that's going to stink necessarily, but, you know, there's a big difference when Kansas is landing the best guy available in the portal and OSU's landing the guy that we have to scramble and figure out. And I think it's kind of just how it's gone a little bit in the portal at times for OSU this season. Um, but they really like Javon Small. I think a lot of people like Javon Small outside the program too. I think that's a good fit. And so now it's a matter of figuring out what you could piece the rest of the way because um, I don't think they intended to lose all their big men, and that's kind of changed how they've approached the portal a little bit. I would assume, and you know what happens when I assume especially, mm. um, that <laughs> this sparks up some conversations behind the scenes in terms of uh, what they're trying to do to put themselves in the best light uh, without just coming out and saying it, right? But, I mean, this does have a little bit of a of an NIL-type uh, tweak to the conversation. I think that that, that has to be brought mm-hmm. up that I'm sure. And look, Mike hasn't shied away from that. Like Mike has said that with us on the air about, and everyone has said about stepping up games in this, but, th- but elements like this with what's happening, at least kind of keeps the conversation moving with everyone behind the scenes. Yeah, I think so. You know, they're, they're not oblivious to what's going on. And, you know, there's, OSU's not ignoring NIL and they're never going to. Um, they're just, you know, they can't, they can't match a Kansas NIL either. And so it's, you know, they're trying to adjust to this. The thing's always evolving. But, you know, I, and it's all rumors that you hear, but you hear guys coming in with rumors that they want to make so much money and be this person on the team and stuff that some of it's laughable. Like, are you serious? You know, like, that's just not how this works. And, you know, I think Mike is, is doing his best to adjust to it and, um, all of OSU is, but I think, you know, until things kind of level out, it's going to be a challenge at times, you know, and OSU struggled down the stretch last season. I don't know how much that's hurting 
in this, but it doesn't look good the way they finished the season and um, things like that, you know, that could really point against the team because that could be recruited against other coaches. So it's, it's, it's kind of a mess all around for a lot of people. Um, it looks bad for OSU right now, but when you talk with people around the program and stuff, they feel really good about who they have back. They like the nucleus. You can think of the nucleus. You got Bryce Thompson and John Michael Wright and Keon Williams, and then they got the five guys coming in that are now, what, the eighth-ranked class in the, in the country. Um, so they feel good about the future. It's just a matter of filling in the pieces around it. All right, Jacob Unruh is our guest here on the Blitz 1170. We will talk uh, some baseball, maybe uh, uh, some softball. By the way, softball is going to air here on the Blitz 1170 Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the series. First time that we're uh, bringing the Cowgirls here uh, on the Oklahoma State Radio Network, so you can tune in and listen to that. Uh, I did want to pick your brain for a few moments just about things that have been happening with inside the Big 12 with some of the storylines. And I don't know if you've had a chance to ask anyone at Oklahoma State, but with with what's been reported the last couple of days about you know trips outside of the country and Mexico and trying to you know really set the stage for having things different within the conference, and then we get the story what involving innovative enhancements to the broadcast to enhance access. Uh, just from your general feeling, is that something that you feel like that that Chad Weiberg and the powers that be at Oklahoma State are bullish on? when it comes to the outside-of-the-box ideas that you see from Brett Yormark? Uh, I'll be first to admit, I have not asked anyone on the program yet, but um, I don't know that they're going to be opposed to a lot of it. Mexico City seems bold, as uh, I think Barry Trammell wrote yesterday. That seems like a bold bold thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how people around OSU or other Big 12 conferences, schools, would even feel about that to begin with. Um, You know, that's, you know, you go and play – a football game down there, and then you got to move some basketball games in Mexico City. That's just, you know, I that gets, that's I, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I'm I'm fascinated by it. But the in-game stuff, I don't, I mean, I don't see. I think that's going to be beneficial in a way. It's more chances to for exposure for athletes because now all of a sudden, you can tell a kid to worry about NIL. Like, hey, they're going to have these moments here. They're going to show some stuff that maybe your personality can shine a little bit more and earn you some NIL stuff. And so there are moments like that that I think could benefit, you know, and, um, you know, Mike Gundy's going to be a guy that in pregame, you know, or interviews, sideline interviews, stuff like that, it's always, he's always good with that stuff. Um, so I don't show, I'm not sure OSU would be opposed to that. Also, they're not going to have much choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, you know, I think kind of uh, how college football works is what TV wants, TV gets. So, um, if ESPN and Fox want that, then I think that OSU is going to say, okay, let's do it, you know, and figure out how to make it work. Um, it's no different than, I mean, it's different, but it's, you know, they had the documentary series on ESPN plus a few years ago. That's right. So, um, you know, they're, they're not opposed, generally opposed to things like that. They've got OSU max, things like that. They always do stuff like this anyway. Yeah. And I didn't think that they would with, like you said, given the history of OSU Max and how beneficial that that is and just kind of, you know, shining a light on everything that happens behind the scenes with with athletics. Uh, I would love to be a fly on the wall, though, with what the real honest conversations are having behind the scenes with these let's go to Mexico visits, whether that's Monterey or, or Mexico City and what the real thought is and how how an athletic director and a president or board of chancellors is is willing to give up any type of home game unless there's a considerable amount of 
sponsorship opportunities with a corporate sponsor that drives some of the funding for them to take away a home game from a potential team in the Big 12 Conference. Because I would think from a from just like a, a view, an eyeball standpoint with what we know about television ratings, Oklahoma State would at least be in the conversation as one of the teams that you would potentially look at doing that if you're trying to uh, broaden the horizon with the number of eyeballs watching your product. Yeah, you know, I would I would think so, but like you said, giving up the home gate, bro, shoot, you're selling out pretty much every football game at this point. And now all of a sudden you're gonna give up that kind of exposure, that kind of money, that kind of, everything that's involved with the home game that's so beneficial. And you know, now I mean it may not be a home game for OSU, I guess. You know, they could be the road team and then they may be all for it, uh, in some of that regard too. But at the same time that's a you know, it's a harder place to travel for fans too. All of a sudden, they got to go to Monterey instead of, you know, Lubbock. And so, um, you know, I mean, people can take trips to Mexico all the time. I'm not saying that's not possible, yeah. but it's just it's different. You know, all of a sudden you have, to have a passport, and it's just different things. You got to fly, and um, it's I don't... it's. Uh, it's it's a mess. I don't know, Jacob. I mean, any reason not to go to Lubbock sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> I just threw a place that's tripable out there. But, uh, you know, I mean, DFW for, in particular, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, actually one of, I'm one of the rare people I don't mind going to Lubbock for some reason. You but, must love uh, tortillas then. Well, I love the barbecue. So <laughs> um, if, if you give me Evie Mays barbecue, then I'll go to Lubbock every time. So, I, I, I see that re- as a reason for a TCU trip. But nothing about Lubbock says barbecue and tortillas to me. If you go to Evie Mays, it'll change your mind. It it does bring up like a a fascinating, at least summer talking point, right, for the positives and negatives. And I I think it'd be fun, you know, to pick the brain of a lot of people that would sign off on this as a right idea about – because not everyone can be on the same page with what they view as a positive and, and, and negative of taking or even having an extended series in a, in a place like Mexico. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just fascinated by that. Uh, and I just I, I hold Chad and those guys in such high regard that I know that they carry a significant amount of weight on what their opinion would be on this and what they seem as being negative. Because, hey, home game revenue is a legit thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a big thing. So unless you can get a sponsor – that's going to make up for that and then also satisfy everyone else that actually you have to deal with on a regular basis outside of the conference office that is in your city, like in Stillwater, uh, the, the security aspects of this. How, how do you send an entire operation you know, into, a, into another country that has issues? Uh, and, and I'm not saying that it can't be done or that Mexico is some hellscape, but we've all seen the stories about stuff that happens, and those have to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, I just, you know, I think of, I think of the fans aspect of it too, because OSU fans already have to travel a lot this next season anyways. I mean, it's not an easy drivable schedule like usual for OSU on the road where like they have to fly to Arizona state, have to fly to West Virginia, have to fly to central Florida, you know, have to drive to Houston, have to drive to Ames. Like <laughs> those are not all easy trips by any means. And now if you get a season like this again, and all of a sudden you throw in a Mexico trip, like, goodness so it's uh you know it'll be interesting to see how the big 12 handles this um you know your your mark has been very very good at living up to his younger hipper cooler mantra he he Um, has yep you know and so i think if this 
you know, I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt a little bit, but this one seems a very bold and risky uh, proposition that they're coming up with here as far as that. Because think about it. I mean, are you going to want to send what BYU and Kansas down there for a football game? Like, I don't, I mean. What about West Virginia? Draw? West yeah. Virginia and Iowa State. Let's send them to Monterey, right? Yeah. Like, that's. Yeah, you know, like, it just seems, you know, it, I mean, if you get the right matchups, maybe it works, but I, I don't know. It's going to be – I'm really intrigued to see what this develops into. Yeah, I uh, I am as well. All right, let's shift to just a little bit of baseball here with uh, Oklahoma State uh, as they head into the uh, non-conference series. But Oklahoma State had its seven-game win streak snapped Tuesday uh, with ORU, who's really freaking good, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, now OSU falls to 30 and 14, Golden Eagles 33 and 11 overall. Uh, but Oklahoma State here, I mean, still in a in a good position as they head into the final like non-conference series here, getting ready to close out the regular season. Uh, what's kind of been some of your thoughts on on where the Cowboys are at on the baseball diamond? Yeah, I think uh, you know I thought it was interesting to say D1 baseball put out their projections and had OSU as a regional host still um, as number thirteen overall seed. Now, it was not ideal when you saw Oral Roberts was still in that region. No, heck OSU, no. Considering no. that they've lost twice. But I think it's also important to stress it's been two midweek losses for OSU uh, against ORU. Not, uh, they're not throwing Jerron Watts-Brown or Ben Abram out there. Um, some of their, you know, their two better starting pitchers out there in those scenarios. Um, not taking away anything. ORU could really hit. They're really, really good. Um, but, you know, if you get that regional like it was matched up as Jerron Watts-Brown pitching instead of a bullpen night like it was the first meeting. And things like that. So I think it's uh, could be a little different. But, I, you know, I think this team, you know, Tuesday, you know, losing that game hurts when the bullpen collapses again. Um, just when you're starting to feel like they're starting to figure out the bullpen a little bit, that's kind of discouraging in ways. Um, but I think – they still feel really good. They are bullpen-wise. They're starting to get some roles settled, get some things going on the weekend that's really been beneficial for them um, out of the pen. And so now it's a matter of getting healthy. You know, they didn't have Rock Riggio against Michigan. He played against ORU and drove in five runs and homer twice the other night and um, had a huge night. And Nolan McClain's almost back. And so if you get him back, you got your closer. That solidifies the bullpen even more. you got your cleanup hitter. Uh, your biggest power threat, and now all of a sudden, you start to feel really good about yourself. And Aiden Miola maybe could come back in the postseason, they're hoping. You get him back at third, your lineup's even deeper. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a matter of they've been holding steady for the most part with some injuries that have really kind of hurt them. Zach Earhart's getting back into form after an injury. But I think that you start to feel better, especially if they start, if they continue to play well on the weekends. You know, they win, they should take care of business this weekend, and they got Kansas State and OU. And if they win a good amount of those games, majority of those, they have a chance to win the conference because West Virginia is still not done playing. You know, they got to play OU this weekend. Um, I think I can't remember who else they have left, but they're not they're, they're not out of the water as far as they go lose some games and OSU can get right back in this to to take the conference. But if it's if OSU finishes second, you feel good about the regional chances. Um, so I think. There's still a lot of positivity around the program, even though uh, some of these collapses in the bullpen have hurt, especially in the midweek. Uh, and the final one, 
Um, since we are carrying the uh, the softball series, what's what's your schedule for the weekend look like on softball? Do you have do you have uh, bedlam responsibilities? I do not. That is a Scott Wright. That's specialty. a Scott Wright thing. But for that is a Scott Wright specialty. So with that said, yeah. though, you've heard the buzz. I have been told that that is a rather significant ticket to have in your grasp <laughs> this weekend with OU coming into town. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, they expanded seating for it, and there's a big party pavilion. There's all this. It's going to be a huge, big time atmosphere. Um, you know, I kind of expect the Cowgirls to respond. They've been in a slump. And, yeah. Yep. Um, but games like this, games like this can bring out the best in people. And I kind of expect that with OSU this weekend. Jacob, good stuff, man. Appreciate you as always for jumping on with us here. Um, if you need an inflatable raft, I think I have one in the garage somewhere. You just let good. me know, and I will uh, send it your way, my man. Good to know. I'm in my backyard currently, and it looks a little bit more like Lake Hefner than it does my backyard. Now, I don't have a paddle, so we'll have to fashion some sort of stick or something together. All I have is just the inflatable raft, but it's yours if you need it, my Perfect. friend. All right. All awesome, right. man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. That's Jacob Hunter joining us here on the Blitz 1170 uh, here, who covers Oklahoma State for the Oklahoman. All right, let's take a timeout here on the Blitz at 223, a shorter segment when we come back next year on the Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.